Welcome to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center located in North Huntingdon. Dr. Susan Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To talk to Dr. Plank with your health questions, call 412-825-6262. That's 412-825-6262. And now, Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Susan Plank, the director of the Norman Wellness Center, located in North Huntington, very close to downtown Irwin there. Our office number is 724-863-5420. You are listening, whether intentionally or by happenstance, to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan. So I hope you hang in there and uh, let's uh, meander through the next 60 minutes or so together, Okay. If you find yourself frustrated by your fatigue, lack of energy, you know, stomach problems, maybe an inability to lose some weight, maybe you're unhappy with the person you see in the mirror every morning, I urge you to not give up hope. Help is available by calling me at the Norland Wellness Center, 724-863-5420. I track key nutritional and hormonal health markers that reveal aspects of our health. Many times they've been overlooked by regular physicians, general practitioners, even specialists. But these overlooked health markers are actually what are causing your symptoms and even weight gain. To me, weight gain is, it's a symptom that something else is out of balance. So by doing this, I get to find out where you stand and we can start to take steps to develop a plan to improve and restore your well-being. Today we're going to be discussing holiday health, uh, eating, drinking, sugar consumption, all during this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas and then in all honesty, for a lot of folks, it actually starts at Halloween and it'll go through New Year's. So what happens during this time, what happens to our kids, even college kids, what can we do differently? If you have any questions or comments, please feel free. Give me a call here during this broadcast, 412-825-6262. So on average, the weight gain at the holidays is one to six pounds. That doesn't sound like much, does it? You might be sitting there right now, you know, <laughs> guys, you know, grabbing your belt or whatever and saying, hey, I already gained that at Thanksgiving, right? But there's usually some symptoms that go along with this around the holidays. Are you more bloated? Are your clothes fitting tighter? Is your acid reflux getting worse? Your joint pain is worse. You find yourself taking, taking more um, um, pain right? Maybe you're more out of breath going up and down the stairs, definitely more fatigued, and your anxiety and probably if you suffer from depression, it's getting worse too. Well, fa-la-la-la-la, right? Welcome to the happy holidays. And that's what I want to tackle. Holidays are tough for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And I want to spend today to sort of start to delve into it and see what can we do, what are our normal habits and behaviors, 
And maybe what are some healthy choices or, or things we can do a little bit differently? So 3,500 calories, or how many calories it takes to make a pound of fat. So if you want to lose a pound of fat, those of you that are worried about your waistline or just want to drop a couple pounds, you want to lose a pound of fat, that means you have to burn 3,500 calories. So those one to six pounds now represent 3,500 to 21,000 additional calories, additional calories that are in the diet and could very well be stored on your body because most of us probably have more than six pounds to lose. And I can guarantee you Christmas cookies, you know, Aunt Betsy's nut roll, a couple a couple of cups of eggnog, those are definitely going to be included in our holiday extra calories. So without exercise, we on average burn about 1,300 to 2,000 calories a day. So you can see an extra 3,500 calories, if you're one of those ones and you're burning about 1,300 calories a day, and you're pretty much sedentary at work, you don't really get out and do anything, the weather's not the best, you don't even get out and walk, it's going to take you. It's going to take you days minimum to try to burn off 1,300, 3,500 calories, sorry, and that's if you don't even eat anything, right? Because more calories are going in as you eat, and you still have the calories to burn off. So this is why it's so important to not throw caution to the wind here at the holidays, but to pay attention of what choices you are, the behaviors you're you're going through in the next few weeks. And let's really try to set things up that, you know, that weight, one to six pound average is on that lower end, not on the higher end. So like I said, the one to six pounds, doesn't sound that bad, right? But here's the kicker. By research, we don't lose it. We don't lose it after the holidays. So year to year, that average one to six pounds gets added on each and every Christmas. Folks that already have a weight problem, or maybe they're already sort of gone through the overweight, um, that's that's up to about 30% body fat. And if they're over 30% body fat, that puts them in the obese category. Those folks tend to gain much more weight at the holidays. And overweight and obese in the United States make up 70% of the population. So that one to six pounds does start to matter, right? Because we don't lose it. If we weigh in in February, March, that one to six pound weight gain from the holidays is still there. If we weigh in again the next fall, it's still there. We don't tend to lose it. We keep the same behaviors. And as we work our way through to the end of the year and the beginning of next year, this is where I'm hoping, I'm hoping if I can do my job right, if I, if I can... If I can convey to you guys how important it is to change your behavior, we have a much better chance of weight loss, getting healthier, 
improving her wellness, your energy, your digestion into the next year. But it doesn't necessarily mean we should just put that off until January 1st. So the problem isn't that it's an insurmountable weight gain between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Again, one to six pounds isn't a big deal, but it's that we never lose it, and then we add to it year after year. It's actually the reason why 70% of the United States is overweight and obese, a holiday weight that's never lost. The other issue is that we're just not doing it to ourselves. Our choices, it's just not, it's just not what we're doing to ourselves. We're allowing our children to gain weight as well. The obesity rate in children and in adults is steadily increasing with age. At two years of age, there's already a 14% obesity rate. Obesity rate at age of two. By the time their hormones are starting to kick in and they're teenagers, we're talking it's at 20%. And obesity rate in adults is now 25%. So that 70% is overweight and obese, and 25% of those, are they're, they're obese. Over 30%, over a third of what they're walking around with is fat. So think of it, if it's somebody out there that is in the obese category and you weigh 210 pounds, say, 70 pounds at least of what you're carrying around every step of every day, 70 pounds is fat. When you lay down at night and you have a hard time with sleep apnea, catching your breath going up and down steps, you're carrying around, that's not even a small child. Usually I tell folks when I... When I work with them, hey, you're carrying around a second grader. That's 70 pounds. That might be, what, fourth or fifth grader? I'm not quite sure. Now, I'm, I, I, I'm sort of leery of, of addressing that with the child's weight because of these statistics. But that's a lot of wear and tear on everything in the body. The joints who alone are breathing and just heart, cardiovascular, hormones, everything. So there's a few reasons for the added weight in kids at the holidays. Number one, the break, they get to sleep a little bit longer. Number two, they spend almost an hour longer on their devices than they normally do. So by all now, if we have any children or teenagers in our lives, I think we're all very familiar with the top of their heads, right? We know if their part, their hair part is straight. Uh, we might not know what eye color they have or whether they're smiling, but we can tell if their hair part is straight from them looking down at their device. And number three, which is just sort of common sense, they spend less time being physically active. If they are sleeping longer and they're spending an hour longer on their device, of course, they're less physically active. So there's a study done in Canada that I think is pretty scary, but I could actually believe it could be completely reproducible in the United States. And they looked at children, young children, and the amount of time their screen time, young children and screen time, devices, and here's what they found. On average, children that are two, three, and five years old 
were in front of a screen for an hour and a half to almost four hours a day. In fact, the two-year-olds were in front of a screen longer than the three- and five-year-olds. So guess what's becoming a babysitter, right? So this analysis showed that the higher levels of screen time at two were significantly associated with poor performance on developmental screening tests at the age of three. And similarly, higher screen time exposure at three was associated with lower scores developmentally at the age of five. And what they're finding is the kids just don't ever get to get caught up. They never developmentally get caught up. So these kids are really having cognitive issues when it comes to interpreting facial expressions, their memory, their working memory. And working memory is when you, your, your brain is, has the ability to take in two separate pieces of information, but yet use them, put them together, and to come up with uh, uh, a, a different, a different thought. You know, put two pieces of information to come up and solve a problem. This is a real struggle for the younger kids. So I know from talking to many of you, you are grandparents, and you're really stepping up to be involved in sitting, babysitting, watching your grandkids on a routine basis. And I'm sure as we go through the Christmas holidays, right? That this just increases as well, the amount of time you're spending with your grandkids. So I also know that it's going to be hard to step in and set some limits if your grandchild's parents aren't on board with what I'm talking about here. But the facts can't be sugar-coated. We're allowing ourselves to get fat. We're allowing the generations that follow us to get fat. And if we keep letting them spend their lives in front of screens, they're not mentally and educationally developing as they should, or are they reaching their potential? When we take a closer look at college-age kids, they're not doing much better with the holiday weight issues. The good news is they don't gain much weight. Just in two weeks around Thanksgiving, the college guy gains about a pound and a half and a collegiate woman under a pound. So that's not bad. In fact, their weight stays almost exactly the same pre and post holiday. But here's a butt, and you knew there was a butt coming. But their body composition, their percent body fat, got much worse in the two weeks, and it was up to 3% worse. So let me, let me break that down for you. Our body composition is made up of what we're made up of, muscle, our organs have weight, our bone has weight, water, and fat. So if you add fat and the overall weight stays the same, then they had to lose muscle, bone, water, or organ weight. There's only so many, only so much wiggle room there. So I think we have a caller there. Let's uh, let's take the caller, please. Doctor Hi, caller. Hi, how can I help? Doctor Plank. Yes. I just have a question about uh, one Willebrand's disease and how you can deal with that. 
if you want to do well, another show. Uh, yeah. Because this probably yeah, involves. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go, go ahead and give a little bit more information. Well, this person's had that disease for a long, long time. But uh, if she's, she likes to walk and uh, she has an injury, she could bleed to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's a supplement or some nutrition that could aid in uh, that problem. Okay. Well... Willebrand's disease, it's actually full name is Vaughn Willebrand's disease. It's, it is, it's a bleeding disorder, okay? Um, it's inherited, so it does make it very difficult to uh, step in nutritionally um, and say cure, right? It's, it's, we can, just like I say, what I do is I look at typically blood markers or other health markers and say, let's, what can we do to balance them? And so even when somebody has an out-and-out inherited genetic condition like uh, Willebrand's, Von Willebrand's, um, I, I would recommend the same thing, but I want to also caution um, that, yeah, these can be very delicate uh, conditions, some of them, and there can be sort of catastrophic effects if somebody would turn around and say, oh, yeah, you just need to change what you're eating and go exercise some more. Well, uh, someone like this, it's not necessarily going to help as much. Um, there can be um, an issue in the digestive system with the ability to digest and absorb protein because typically the protein is the basis for the clotting factor. Okay, so it, it just as sort of a general thing, because I can't really speak the specifics on, on, on this, but just as a general type of thing, I, I would really like to look at the top of the, the person's digestive system. So in, in blood work, I would say albumin, protein, globulin, uh, calcium, those types of levels. I'd like to see where those are at and are they, are they balanced in a fashion that we're actually supporting um, that whole clotting mechanism. The other thing, because it it is sort of it's an autoimmune disease, but it's you know it's genetic. Is I always would want to minimize um, the amount of inflammation, and so inflammation is any type of um, any type of food, drink beverage, anything going into the body that can be inflammatory, but also to any type of infection. So uh, a parasite, um, candida, yeast, any anything along those lines. So I'm sorry I couldn't speak more specifically to it, but does that help a little bit? Yes, uh, doctor. I appreciate your time and information. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for calling in. I, I appreciate the question. Perhaps you can talk about it in a program later on, if you... Yeah. Yeah, it, well, like I said, it's a, it's a very, it's a really very specific, so we, you know, any type we're dealing with uh, um, blood clotting issues, it, it, it's, again, our maker never put us together that one thing is going to cause 
catastrophic things. There's always multiple, multiple avenues to look at. And that's the part I think uh, to keep to keep in mind if if someone does have you know Wilbur's von Wilbur's or some other uh, inherited or autoimmune disorder, we have to look at the different avenues and the different uh, biochemical processes in the body of how can we best um, try to balance those out and help in any way that we can. But thanks so much for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. So, uh, so where we're, we're talking there is, is again, when we we're looking at the weight gain with college students, we saw that it wasn't much. It was really minimal, uh, a, a pound and a half or less, uh, in, in a couple of weeks around Thanksgiving when as adults we're really starting to pack it on right there, right? But, but what we're finding then and this wasn't done on adults, it was only done on college kids, is we saw um, more sedentary behaviors all of a sudden. If they were studying for finals in the two weeks up to Thanksgiving, we saw they were more sedentary when they got home. Uh, they, just like the younger kids, they tended to sleep longer. Um, they went out with friends. If they were old enough, they probably drank a little bit more. Um, their eating habits weren't as refined. So we can see these shifts. It's not all just about food. It's about activity level, but also behavior, okay? But I want you, and we're going to spend a little bit more time on this, but I want you to understand the, the, the idea of your body composition. So it's the different things of what makes up the different percentages that make up your body composition, the big ones being water muscle, and fat. And so if they didn't, their weight conceivably didn't change, but they put on up to 3% of fat, that means by their eating habits and being more lethargic that they actually lost water and or muscle. Okay? So um, let's take a short commercial break here. I will be right back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. I always appreciate the calls. I will be right back. Are you tired, bloated, and struggling to lose weight? For over 25 years, Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center has been helping patients restore energy, resolve digestive problems, and remove stubborn pounds. Blood work, when interpreted nutritionally, reveals nutrient malabsorption, digestive enzyme deficiency, and hormone imbalance. Fatigue, bloat, and weight gain are symptoms. Dr. Plank uses blood work to evaluate the biochemical and nutritional root cause of these chronic symptoms. Dr. Plank is an expert in blood work interpretation and using lifestyle changes, and natural remedies to treat the overlooked cause of your health problems. If you think you've tried everything but are struggling with low energy, bloat, and weight gain, stop your frustration now by calling Dr. Susan Plank. Get your health and body back. Dr. Plank accepts telenutrition clients, or you can make an appointment with Dr. Susan Plank at the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon. Call 724-863-5420, 724-863-5420. That's 724-863-5420, and get your health and body back. Hi, welcome back. We are discussing holiday health today. You are listening to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan. If you have a question, please give me a call during this broadcast, 412-825-6262. 
So the idea of body composition, this is very important, and it's something I stress daily in the office. I try to get my clients, and especially those looking for weight loss help, to understand this concept. It's all about your body composition, how your body is made up, what the individual levels are of fat, muscle, water, etc., bone, organ weight. In essence, I hate to be it so bluntly, but in essence, I don't really care about your weight. Your weight on your scale, it's just a number. I'm sure some of you this morning is your eyes bugged out, right? And you got on your bathroom scale and you said to yourself, that's it. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to skip lunch. No more stress eating. No more cravings. But I got to go make Christmas cookies. You know, we, we have all these weird things. But your weight is just a number. You can weigh yourself, not be happy with the result, and cut back on calories, possibly even starving yourself, and boom, Woo-hoo, look at that, I lost the weight. What's wrong with that? Chances are you didn't lose the fat, though. Right? That's the part you don't know with just a regular scale. You don't know what you lost. Chances are you didn't lose fat. When you cut back on calories drastically, and this happens for many women, people out there that if you're a chronic dieter, you've been struggling for years to lose that weight. Or folks that are hitting the gym thinking that that hour of cardio three or four times a week, you know, is going to budge. You've lost three, five pounds, and, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. And so, you know, I either have to starve myself or I have to go hit the, hit the cardio machine and, and I'm going to just, the weight's just going to fall off me, right? And yet you just see that it doesn't happen. Your weight still is stagnant. You haven't lost anymore. Chances are that little bit that you lost, chances are you lost a little bit of fat. But then the eating was off. Your metabolism was off. And then when your body started to lose muscle or the water, then your weight loss just ground to a halt. And there it just stayed. So this becomes the problem when your weight is focused on a number on a regular bathroom scale. If you retain the fat and lose muscle or water, you're actually, you might have lost weight, but you're getting less healthy over time. So does this concept make sense? Is, I, I hope I'm explaining it okay. So gaining a pound or so at the holidays wouldn't be such a big deal if we would lose it, but we don't. So that little one to six pounds gain between Thanksgiving and Christmas or New Year's, it just hangs around and it gets added to year after year. So New England Journal of Medicine cited the wealthier countries, Germany, Japan, the United States, and that we very distinctly have weight gain associated with the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's the largest, okay? Next up is Easter. So we all the wealthier countries have these patterns. It's not just us. 
but for the money we spend for health care in this country, um, we're really far down on the list in, in wellness. So, so we're one of the wealthier countries, but our health care uh, and how healthy we are is, is really lacking. So there's a distinct pattern around holidays of weight gain. Thanksgiving to Christmas, New Year's is number one, and Easter is next up. Self-control is a key during this time, especially the two weeks surrounding Christmas. So remember your weight is just a number. And successful weight loss occurs when calories consumed, what you've eaten, is less than the calories you're burning. But for this to happen, you have to have a properly functioning metabolism. And that's the big question mark, right? It's the big question mark. How many of you out there know? It's, it's, it's something. I've, I've gone to the gym. I've starved myself. I've doubted everything. I've done this for 15 years. I've done it for 30 years. I lost 20 pounds one time, and then it came back, and I can't lose it, right? It's these underlying nutritional or hormonal issues or even other health problems like digestive issues that inhibit the body's natural ability to burn calories and fat efficiently. So I'd really like you to understand that you can lose weight and yet not get healthier. It's more common than you think. You get healthier when your body composition improves. And that translates into less body fat, maintaining or adding more lean muscle, and maintaining or adding more water. So weight can actually stay the same, but we can make someone and we can assist them getting healthier. That weight is the same, but we've lost fat and we've had more muscle put on that person. And that can really be where it gets exciting. So let me give you a little bit of an example here. I had a client a few years ago. She wanted to lose weight. And I measured her percent body fat. She was obese. She had over 40% of her body was fat. Okay? 40%. The cutoff over 30% is obese. She was at 40%. And she was actually over 40%. So she didn't like the number. She didn't like what I had to say. So she sort of left the office in a huff, and off she went, and returned in about three weeks and said, put me on your fancy scale now because I lost weight. So sure enough, when I took her weight, she had lost 15 pounds. She was beaming from ear to ear. Okay? She was just thrilled. I told you, she said, I told you. I'd lose the weight. I told you. She couldn't be happier. Okay, I said, that's fantastic. Now let's get your body comp. So that's a separate machine I use. So let's get your body comp. So we did a body composition reading. It's painless. A person sits in a chair. I put this little transducer usually on the bicep, right? And we get a reading. So what I had to say to her is I hate to tell you, I watched her smile turn upside down when I got her percent body fat reading. Is her percent body fat had jumped to over 50%. 
So she was over 40% when she started. She lost 15 pounds, 15 pounds in three weeks, which that right there should give you, you know, but she lost 15 pounds in three weeks, but her percent body fat jumped to over 50%. At 180 pounds, over 90 pounds of what she was carrying around was fat. Every step of every day was fat. So she had lost weight, but she had become less healthy. She was already obese, but her percent body fat jumped, even though she lost 15 pounds. So the reason, hang in there with me, the reason is she had lost muscle. This tends to be what happens when somebody does like a crash diet. Oh, you know, I got the Christmas party coming up on Friday and I want to fit into a certain dress or my my trousers are too tight. I'm just not going to eat Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'll be fine by Friday. I'll fit into the clothes I want to wear. She had lost muscle. The muscle burns more efficiently. It's like kindling wood on a fire. You throw a big log on when the embers are just getting started, you're not going to burn that log. But you put some newspaper and kindling in there, whew, that's what muscle is. Muscle's the kindling. Fat's the big log. So she had lost the muscle. The muscle was burning first. So she lost weight by seriously starving herself, really limiting the calories by not eating enough, by not eating protein. She'd lost water. Because then she decided, well, I'm going to speed up my metabolism. And she took a stimulant and was drinking coffee. And these are the common things I hear from folks desperate to see weight loss. So did she lose weight? Yes, she did. But the weight was the stuff we want to keep. It's the stuff that makes us healthy. What she lost, the 15 pounds she lost, was the muscle and the water. So that changed the percentages, and it made her percent body fat higher. So the muscle and the water are what keep us healthier, and they actually help burn off the fat that we have. So losing the muscle and the water meant that her fat level now increased as a percent of her total body makeup, her total body composition. Her percent muscle and water decreased, but her percent of her body that was made up of fat increased and increased dramatically. So what can we do to prevent this from happening? If if everybody's sort of the same thing, well, I just have to eat less and I'm going to starve myself and I'm going to lose five pounds in two days or three days, whatever it is. What can we do to prevent this extra weight creeping on through the holidays or even after a Christmas party. And trust me, I have some folks who come in and say, if I look at a Christmas cookie, if I look at a nut roll or coffee cake, I will. I can have one slice and gain five pounds. And there's no way that that one slice weighs five pounds, but I will gain five pounds. Some people, that's their metabolism. When people say that to me, the key is I've got to fix their metabolism. So, From now through the holidays, if you find yourself sort of struggling with this or concerned about it, 
right? Number one, I want you to weigh yourself daily. I don't care that you don't have a percent body fat machine like I do, okay? Just be aware of what your weight is. Well, using a body uh, composition scale like I have is the ideal method. They're expensive. So just keep track of minor weight gain. That's an important component to limiting that holiday weight gain, okay? Number two, if you're offered one, Sign up if you have a holiday workplace week program. If you're a business owner, consider starting such a program for your workers because many times you're going to save on health insurance and life insurance rates because those are dependent actually on the body composition of your employees. So initiating or taking part in a weight, a wellness weight loss program during the holidays, not only ensures the individual doesn't gain the one to six pound average that the rest of us are going to do, but the holiday weight loss and wellness program participants actually lose weight during the time where the rest of it's putting it on. So they might lose four to five pounds and we're putting on one to six. So in some research, it was a 10-week program, and it consisted of self-monitoring, so getting on the scale, right, getting on the scale regularly, regular weigh-ins where you had to sort of report to somebody, a team challenge, so, hey, Fred, how you doing over there, right? Worked great for the guys. Oh, Bob, I lost three pounds. Fred, how'd you do? Oh, 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 oh I, I, you know, it, it puts the challenges on. And then organizational support. So if the company's behind you, if the company's supporting it. So the weight was measured at baseline every two weeks during the program and post-program. And the results were amazing. The participants lost a significant amount of weight during the program. And positive changes were observed in their physical activity and their eating behaviors. Right? So that's fantastic. So the initiation, think how much time we all spend at work. If you make it more of a camaraderie type of thing, right, and we're sort of egging each other on and we're supporting each other, it, it makes life so much easier in this eating and, and, and uh, wellness arena. So enroll in a weight loss program if you can during the holidays. Even say you don't have one at work. Or isn't one at work? And, but you want to lose weight into the next year. You think you have weight to lose now. You sure as heck don't want to gain another six pounds. Enroll in something now. Enroll in a weight loss or wellness program now during the holidays. That related to an additional 2 to 3% weight loss in the next year. So that can be an extra five pounds just because a person watched their diet and started at one Christmas season living a healthier lifestyle at the holidays. So if you put the weight on, it's still going to be there in the spring, fall, and the next year, and you're going to add to it. But if you start to pay attention to the weight and lose the weight before, during the holidays, you're, it's actually you're going to gain steam, and you'll lose more by the next holiday season. How exciting is that? Another way to do this? 
participants in a two-day fast. So the fast, you, you had a, a protein shake, okay? So you include protein shakes, about 730 calories, and you still took nutritional supplements. But two-day fast with protein shakes and supplements, followed by five days of eating healthier, those folks lost a significant amount of fat. Not only did they lose the weight, but it was mostly all fat, which is ideal. And lastly, increase your probiotic. If you can't stay away from the sweets, if you're going to, you know, I was, a, I was one of those kids. Man, I ate more cookie dough than I think cookies. For some reason, I wanted the cookie dough. And yeah, I heard the whole thing about, oh, it's raw eggs. You're going to get salmonella, blah, 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 right? So I was one of those kids hanging out when mom was making the Christmas cookies, sticking my hands in eating the, the dough. Because of the sugar, right, the Christmas cookies, people consuming alcohol, sugary sweets, treats, sweets, all the above. Increase your probiotic. Well, you'd be better off not to have the foods with the high sugar. You need to take advantage because the increased probiotic is going to help stabilize your gut microbiome. And it's going to help keep the yeast and candida and other pathogens that might be living there in check. So if you're one of my clients, you know that I routinely check for these things. But remember, yeast, candida, they like their number one food source is sugar. Give me sugar. They'll make you crave sugar, actually, right? They want you to eat it. So they're going to make you crave it. The other part of it is they'll eat other yeast. So therefore, people, if they're not eating sugar, they're going to start to crave, oh, I'll take a beer. Give me a glass of wine. Baked goods, ooey gooey baked goods. Okay? So a lot of times, the behavior needs to be broken because we need to address uh, an underlying parasite yeast issue uh, that is actually craving those foods. So you could have the best intention mentally, but you can't stop the cravings. You're a folk of that's yeah, that sounds familiar to you. We should definitely look at it. You know, is there an underlying yeast candida issue? So uh, we're going to take another break here. I'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for listening, folks. Are you tired, bloated, and struggling to lose weight? For over 25 years, Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center has been helping patients restore energy, resolve digestive problems, and remove stubborn pounds. Blood work, when interpreted nutritionally, reveals nutrient malabsorption, digestive enzyme deficiency, and hormone imbalance. Fatigue, bloat, and weight gain are symptoms. Dr. Plank uses blood work to evaluate the biochemical and nutritional root cause of these chronic symptoms. Dr. Plank is an expert in blood work interpretation and using life lifestyle changes, and natural remedies to treat the overlooked cause of your health problems. If you think you've tried everything but are struggling with low energy, bloat, and weight gain, stop your frustration now by calling Dr. Susan Plank. Get your health and body back. Dr. Plank accepts telenutrition clients, or you can make an appointment with Dr. Susan Plank at the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon. Call 724-863-5420, 724-863-5420. That's 724-863-5420, and get your health and body Body back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are discussing holiday health today, and you are listening to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan. If you have any questions, give me a call, 
825-625-6262. So what makes for a Merry Christmas? What makes for a Merry Christmas? Satisfaction, stress, and emotional states are all important as we celebrate the season that's the birth of Christ. These resolve, revolve around our experiences, how we use our money, and our consumption behaviors, right? So food, drink, but how we're purchasing things. More happiness is reported when family and religious experiences are especially satisfactory. Not surprisingly, lower well-being occurred when spending money and receiving gifts, you know, that materialistic part of Christmas, when that was the predominant feature of someone or a family's Christmas celebration. So in the end, the materialistic aspects of modern Christmas celebrations may undermine well-being. And family and spiritual activities actually help the person to feel more satisfied. So this leads me into what can you do if you or a loved one experiences pronounced holiday stress, depression, anxiety. For many, Christmas isn't a wonderful time of year. For those suffering with loneliness, loss, depression, and anxiety, they're really struggling. If you find yourself in this mindset as we approach the holidays, try to set and stick with some consistent behaviors to minimize any emotional swings that you might be experiencing. So number one, eating foods that are deficient of vitamins and minerals, eating high-fat foods and sugar, these can lead to chemical changes in the brain. So if you're eating fast food, you are eating a lot of the sugar, you're drinking a lot more, it's going to lead to chemical changes in the brain that affect mood and in some cases contribute to depression. Conversely, eating nutrient-rich foods, high in antioxidants, fruits, brightly colored fruits, vegetables, foods high in omega-3s, can help folks struggling with depression. Sugar consumption can increase blood sugar. So a person feels great. Somebody eats a Christmas cookie or something, man, they get they can feel good. A little kid, oh, they start running around the house, right? They feel great. Maybe they're more upbeat. Maybe even hyper. But when that blood sugar starts to drop, emotionally and physically, they start to come crashing down. And increased sugar consumption in children revealed that they're also prone to making poor behavioral decisions. So in adolescent children, especially males, if we put more sugar in their diet, right, then it showed increased risk behaviors of physical fighting, bullying, use of cigarettes, smoking, alcohol, even to the point of drunkenness. And it was worse when they were around their friends at Christmas, right? More free time on their hands. So 
alcohol is a depressant. It not only counteracts the ability of an antidepressant medication if someone's taking it, but it also can encourage depression itself. Now, drinking in and of itself is almost like another holiday tradition. But do you know there's actually a condition known as the holiday heart? And that's when an increased holiday drinking causes heart arrhythmias. So your heart might miss a beat or your heart rate changes. These holiday drinking episodes are associated with a decreased electrical conduction in the muscles of the heart. And it lowers cardiac performance. So if you have a big night of carousing, a couple too many eggnogs, and then you're waking up at night, and your heart's racing, or you think it's skipping a beat, or you're out of breath with the steps, these are all indicators of early heart health problems. And they do suggest this holiday heart syndrome. Stress. They're both chemical and psychological reasons why stress is a common trigger for people with depression, especially at the holidays. Being confronted with a stressful situation can decrease someone's feelings of self-worth. And they tend to blame themselves for causing the stress. Or they blame themselves because they're not able, they, they haven't figured out a coping mechanism to deal with it. And stress can also trigger behaviors. So stress, right? We all know this. Stress triggers behaviors. People tend to drink more. They'll eat more. It disrupts sleep. Changes in the diet. So we've got to look at these things. Diet, sugar, alcohol, stress. For some folks, too many choices. If they're confronted with too many choices, that can be overwhelming. And another big one, and please, if you have folks, kids coming home for the holidays, past behaviors. You grew up with your family. You lived with them for a long time. You acted in a particular manner or a way to make things work, the whole family dynamic, Right? Well, now these folks have stayed away. Kids have stayed away. They're not here. Or they're not around all the time. And when they come back home, it's very easy to slide into old habits, which again creates the stress and then increased drinking uh, and so on and so on. So there's some ways to stay in control with the holidays. Keep to a routine. Be realistic. Don't expect an ideal holiday or a wonderful life experience. Stay connected to family or friends. It's important to you, especially if you're traveling and you have to go somewhere you're not necessarily excited about going. Stay connected to folks you are close with. Don't be alone. Plan an outing a day. Right? Go to a movie. Sometimes just being around other people, not necessarily interacting with them can be helpful. And stay focused on the now, not the past, not past disappointments or things that happened in the past. Let those go. Learn from them, look at them, and let them go. So the Christmas holiday 
can be a frenetic time with heightened family drama and events coupled with New Year's resolutions bearing down on us, right? What am I going to do next year? I have to be a different person. I have to lose the weight. I have to make more money. I'm drowning in debt. Whatever it might be. So all this pressure is sort of coming with the holidays. And we have this pressure to make these rapid life improvements, especially with New Year's and into the new the next year. It can be very trying emotionally and it can be very challenging for folks. So please be kind to yourself. But also try to keep the diet as clean as possible. Try if you notice, oh, you know, I did, I went overboard at the Christmas party or the Steeler game or whatever it is. I had to eat too much to drink or you know, too many cookies and you feel a lull, emotional lull, you don't feel as good, start to pay attention to these behaviors. They really can give you a lot of great information about how things are working. Christmas is a critical life event and it may cause feelings of stress that in turn can lead to reduced happiness less well-being, and it can actually add to health problems. So I want to make sure that you're making choices and you have coping mechanisms to help you through. If, you, if, you, if you're trying, if you're chugging along on a, on a great weight loss program and, and you're trying to watch or you don't want to gain the, the one to six pounds average, make sure you have a protein shake before you go eat the big ham meal Christmas Day or whatever it is going to be. Set yourself up for success here. Don't beat yourself up. Even if you falter, even if you fail, don't beat yourself up. But let's plan for success. Christmas can relate to a decrease in life satisfaction and emotional well-being, and this is scientifically proven for people that are non believers. But Christians, we particularly those with a higher degree of religiousness, just love this holiday. And we are an exception to this pattern. So please let's look out for those around us, right? The reason for the season is the birth of Jesus. And that our Christian faith is our grounding foundation for joy and satisfaction during this Christmas holiday. So again, please take care of yourself. Please make great choices. And I'm saying this now. You might be thinking, oh, she's not coming back before Christmas. I am going to be back. But now's the important time leading up, right? So the reason for the season is the birth of Jesus. Our Christian faith will get us through. Let's be kind to those around us. Let's make smart choices. May God bless each and every one of you with health and happiness that lead up to Christmas. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, hosted by Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon. Dr. Plank is an expert in natural remedies for weight loss and digestive health issues. To make an appointment with Dr. Susan Plank of the Norwin Wellness Center, call 724-863-5420. That's 724-863-5420. And listen again for another edition of Wellness and Weight Loss with Dr. Susan, sponsored by the Norwin Wellness Center in North Huntingdon, here on KHB Radio.